welcome to episode 35 of Small Groups in the Wesleyan Way podcast, where we are all about going beyond programs, beyond best practices, and beyond curriculum to recover and learn from our Wesleyan roots and to explore the foundations for small groups that are organized to beat the devil and to produce disciples of Jesus Christ, who in turn disciple others. My name is Scott Hughes, and I'm the director of adult discipleship here at Discipleship Ministries. And I'm Steve Manscar. I don't That's know it. what else to say. <laughs> That's it. Um, you're the you're you're still the the future pastor. I'm the future pastor, starting July one, Trinity United Methodist Church in Grand Rapids, Michigan. Yeah, very good. Looking forward to that. Yeah, exciting stuff. Um, well, today we continue with the second part of the interview you did with Scott Kisker, and you get into a little more detail about the book, the Bands, which he wrote in conjunction with Kevin Watson. As I listened to this part of the episode, um, <laughs> perhaps the movie thought of it, or the movie quote is from Brave, Braveheart, freedom! <laughs> you know, I mean, it, 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 y'all, I think y'all do a great job of talking about Christian freedom. At least y'all get to that idea. And, and the, if, if that was the movie quote, the, the more religious <laughs> quote that came to my mind was um, from the questions we ask for those who are being baptized. Um, the first, just to refresh your memory, is do you renounce the spiritual forces of wickedness, reject the evil powers of this world, and repent of your sin? And they respond, I do. The second one is what occurred to me. Do you accept the freedom and power God gives you to resist evil and justice and oppression in whatever forms they present themselves. Mm-hmm. That freedom and power part really come through to me in this interview. Yeah. That, you know, we, we say those words. We, we, yep, I agree to that. Yep, sure. Um, but I'm not sure we really think about what the freedom is. We're, we, we often confuse that with like political freedom. Yeah. yeah. Right. Well, the, the religious meaning of, of freedom from sin. And the power God gives us to to overcome sin. Um, when I when I hear what Scott's advocating with the use of the band meeting, that's what's glaring to me is if you really want to find freedom and power, it goes through confession. Yeah, because it's I, I think another way to as I understand that the freedom and power that mm. God gives us in baptism and living as a baptized people. Mm-hmm is the freedom and power to love mm. as God loves. Yeah, yeah, I would agree with that. Um, it's, it's about loving God with all of our heart, soul, and mind, Yeah, and loving who God loves. Yeah, I think that's sort of the outcome, the purpose, and the, yeah. the means to get there is through confession. Yes. Is what J- the scripture read last week, James points us to. And as Protestants, yes. we, don't, we, we don't do a good job of that. Right. Like no. we we say, well, hey, we don't have to go to a priest. Right. We can confess our sins to one another or to Jesus directly. And yeah. hopefully we we have we say a prayer of confession and worship each week. True. But if we don't, and we partic- we need to pray a prayer of confession before we come to the Lord's table. True. That that doesn't. But, always but that's happen. not an individual. Con- that's a congr- that's, that's the con- sure. that's the confession of the church, sure. the congregation. Um, and then we, you know, hope, but yeah, we we have. I think what Wesley did was he reclaimed yeah. that <clears throat> important ministry of confession, mm. and the and the, and I think the priesthood of all believers. Right. That we can we can confess to one another, and we should. We need <laughs> to do that. Yeah, we need to do that. Need yes. Yeah. Those are all, uh, and so anyway, I think the, the bands 
and, and and that model help recover where we can do this. And also, you know, this you know, is the scripture that I read in the last yeah. episode, you know, James. In, in, that, in James 5, 16, where he says, therefore, confess your sins to one another. One another. That yeah. you may be healed. Yep. So if we want to be healed from the effects of sin. Yeah. That confession, we can't get get that without, we can't skip that confession exactly. part. That's exactly <laughs> what I'm driving at, Yeah, is that's a necessary means to get to the place where we are loving. Right. Right, loving God and loving neighbor. Um, and you also, in this one, talk about a, a, a passage in Hebrews. I'll let you uh, read that up front here um, before we get into the interview. Yeah, so what I refer to, I think I... According to your note, I, I may have mis, misspoke in the, uh, in the interview. It wasn't Hebrews 10.25, but rather 10.24. And I, I, and I think, again, it's important to read it in its context. Yeah. So I'm going to start with the 19th verse oh, okay. Good. of Hebrews 10. Therefore, my friends, since we have confidence <clears throat> to enter the sanctuary by the blood of Jesus, by the new and living way that he opened for us through the curtain, that is, through his flesh. And since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us approach with a true heart in full assurance of faith, with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. So that's a reference to baptism, right? Then the 23rd verse. Let us hold fast to the confession of our hope, without wavering, for he who has promised is faithful. And let us consider how to provoke one another to love and good deeds. Mm. That's, the te- that's the verse that I'm referring to. Let us consider how to provoke one another to love and good deeds, not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. Mm. Yeah, Um, I say a hearty amen, and let's go right into the the interview. I'm going to this question just came to How is the band meet, or the the dynamic of the band meeting, how is that, or is it, different from therapy? Uh, Well, um... Well, therapy is usually one-on-one. There are certain issues that a band group is not capable of, you know, a band group would recommend therapy. Okay. (laughs) For certain, for certain areas of bondage people might find themselves in. So stuff like something may... Over 16 years, I think I've heard just about everything there is to hear. But something may emerge that may direct you to say, I need need to go... Well, and one of the things that's going to emerge is the fact that that you actually... You know, you can deny that you're in bondage, but but if you have to confess it every week and it's the same thing, gradually it will dawn on you, I'm not in control of this anymore. Yeah. And maybe I need some extra help. Yeah. So, and that happens plenty of times. So would you, <laughs> I'm thinking, you know, I just want to hear from you. That one of the, th- that the band, the, this, this process of the band meeting 
liberate, you know, helps liberate the people in the band to be to faithful be witness, to be free and to be faithful witnesses and participants in God's mission. And it prepares us for mission in the world. Would you? It, it, it enables, you know, it, it, it enables you to know experientially how deeply loved you actually are. Mm-hmm. It, and that gives you a freedom in the world to not worry very much about what other people think. First of all, because you know that everybody else is just as completely messed up as you are. (laughs) Maybe they hide it better, but that just means they're in deeper bondage. Mm -hmm. That you are, you are no better than the people who are, you know, who we think of as, you know, not able to function in the world because of, of, of their own bondage. You know, you know, you're the same. You also know that you are nonetheless loved. Mm -hmm. And you, you learn about the grace of God experientially because that, Grace is actually mediated through the church, through this community, this band of brothers or band of sisters. So, you know, I mean, like I could go completely off the rails. Uh, But I know that, one, there is a group of guys for whom how I go off the rails is not going to be a surprise. And though they and will not excuse it, but will love me on the other side of it. Mm-hmm. You know, if I make shipwreck of my faith, which I can do, because we're Arminians, right? We we <laughs> believe that that whole when God says I'll heal your backsliding, He says I'll heal your backsliding because we backslide, right? I mean, that's yeah. like a, you know the, that's what the prophecy is all about, um, and this is the means by which God heals our backsliding, or a means at least. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, so, you know, sometimes we think of, uh, when we learn about the, the doctrine of sanctification, we think it's like every day and every way I'm getting better and better. And what my experience of the band meeting, which was the structural means by which Wesleyans pursued sanctification, is that it's not this kind of climb, climb up Sunshine Mountain. It is a deeper and deeper descent into humility into the reality of your own need for Christ, not at some superficial level, but I, no, I'm really messed up. I actually need supernatural power, which we call grace, to think one decent thought, say one decent word, do one decent action in this world. Mm-hmm. In my flesh, left to my own devices, without a relation, you know, without this immediate relationship uh, and the activity of the spirit, I'm toast. And, I, you know, sadly, I don't think most Methodists want to hear that. Mm-hmm. Most Methodists think mm, pretty much most of us are fine. And unfortunately, yeah. that is a lie. Yeah, that is most a lie. Most of us are not 
fine. Right. Yeah. Well, I'm going to check something out with you then. And as I, in my work of basically teaching United Methodists about the Wesleyan way of salvation and how the early Methodist societies were organized. So I talk about, you know, the class meeting as, as you said, as the constitutive, that's where your membership was. It was required. Everyone was in it. That's the entry point. Right. It's for everyone. Right. And then there was the band meeting for people who are ready for a deeper level of intimacy. So, and then there was a select society, but you know, the, so, yeah. So, and that's for people who had experienced entire century. Exactly. So, and here's the interesting thing about that. I mean, you know, talk about healing the, uh, the consequences of uh, Genesis three. The only difference between the band meeting and the select bands they ask the same five questions, which, you know, in our, in our imaginations of what entire sanctification means, that you would think that would just be a really short meeting. <laughs> you know, oh, nothing, nope, 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 you know, you, you, you know, you get that done in, you know, less than a minute. Uh, no, they actually ask the same meetings. The only difference is they mix the genders. Okay. Oh. Which means that not only, you know, are you in a relatively safe environment with other guys or other women? But now suddenly you are undoing Adam and Eve's, you know, you're no different than anybody else. Yeah. Our common humanity and need for grace is even that much more radical. And the humility is that much more radical as well. So then my point of all of this is if you look at this, this system, for lack of a better word, of Mm -hmm. small groups that are designed, and it was a pat, you know, this all came about through pastoral experience and Yeah, it's it's not, there was no grand plan. There was no, exactly, there was no grand plan, there was no program, it it emerged from pastoral experience and need and of the theology of grace. And that the goal is holiness of heart and life, is entire sanctification, which is to be filled with love, with the love of God. So it's all about learning, training people how to love fully and completely. Well, and and we love because he first loved us. Exactly. So it's training people also simultaneously to receive love. Yes. At the area of their of the places where they are most ashamed of themselves. And love requires vulnerability. Yep. And trust. Yep. And relationship without risk is no relationship. Exactly. It, it means you will be hurt or you 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 open yourself up to the possibility of Absolutely. being betrayed and It's hurt. a risk. And it's a risk. Love is risky. Love, that's why I call, you know, that um, when Jesus says, deny yourself, he's saying, you need to learn how to love because mm-hmm. that's what love is. It's denying yourself and opening yourself up and being vulnerable to the other, to the beloved. to the And, and the band meeting is where you learn how to do that. Right. It's for... Where, is that, am I on Hebrews, the right track Hebrews here, 5, Scott? yeah, yeah, no, okay. you know, where it talks about going on to perfection in, in is it Hebrews 5? 
Anyway, wherever it is in Hebrews, <laughs> where it says, let us go on to perfection. And it talks right. about being trained through practice to discern good and evil. Yeah. That's what this is, right? Well, and then, we, yeah, are, no, we, are, we are so often deluded, both in our own experience of ourselves, and we just need a community. And this is the means by which we are actually trained by practice to discern good and evil. And in Hebrews 10, was it 10... 25, I think, um, which Wesley quotes in his sermon on zeal, mm-hmm. where he has that beautiful paragraph where he describes how Christians are made. Mm. And he, you know, he builds these five concentric circles. And the last circle is the church, mm-hmm. where, of course, he doesn't cite where he, you know, which, you know, he says Christ created in order for his followers to provoke one another to love and good works. holy tempers yep. and good. So he throws in holy tempers there. Yeah. The scripture just says love and good works, but yeah. he says provoke one another to love holy tempers and good works. Yeah. What you're, you know, what you are learning by practice is, is to listen to a, a, a vulnerable person who's, who's making themselves vulnerable mm-hmm. to have compassion to right. offer you know constructive you know it's not therapy like you were saying but I mean therapeia just means healing yeah yeah you are an instrument of healing in this you're, you're trying to get at the truth and allow the Holy Spirit to actually speak to them mm-hmm. help them to hear and in, in doing that, and you becoming a priest to somebody whose sin you know, mm-hmm. and allowing somebody who knows your sin to be your priest, you are developing those holy tempers. Mm-hmm. You're becoming more like Jesus. Yeah. And so to become more like Jesus means you're free, you know, then you're become, and we become channels of his grace for the world. Right. Right. And right. Witness, his witnesses in the world. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and again, you, you know, like, I, you know, if, if, if ever, um, the, the, the shame holds us in bondage from actually living radically in the world. Mm-hmm. Because we can all, you know, the, the, the devil will always tell us, you know, you can't do that because you're not, you're not good enough. Or someone might find out that you are, you know, you, you've got this issue or that issue or whatever. The interesting thing, when the band meetings were in practice is when you see people doing these radical things to transform society because they no longer feel bound by society's strictures on them. Yeah. Whatever, whatever happens to me, whatever anybody you know in the media discovers about me, <laughs> um, the people who matter to me already know, right? Mm-hmm. That's real freedom. Yeah. To walk differently in the world. There's nothing anybody can hold over my head. I mean, I don't, I, I mean, I, 
it is, that is freedom. Mm-hmm. And I know that, you know, God is still at work in my life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that I'm loved. Because I've experienced it. I've seen it in other people. I am, I am lovable because somebody loved me. Yeah. After knowing all the crazy stuff that goes on in my head <laughs> and comes out of my mouth. And I, that I do. You know, thought, word, and deed. What we've done and what we left undone. Yeah. So, yeah. All right. So we're going to take a few more minutes. Okay. I want you to talk about, tell me about the book, The Band Meeting. Okay. Where did that come from? And where, how do you see it being used in, you see it being used in, I'm sure you wrote it to be used in, con- yeah. in congregations. Well, not so much in congregations because it's not, it's not something, you know, bands are not something you can kind of impose on a congregation because okay. there's no, um, uh, there's no coercion in love. Right. Right. So if you're going to, if you're going to volunteer, you know, if you're going to do this, it has to be voluntary. Mm-hmm. It's risky. And the first time you are in a meeting, it's going to be risky. It's going to be terrifying. First time I walked into the meeting, I was invited to it, you know, terrified. And, uh, you know, fortunately, the other three guys who were in the meeting, um, you know, they all went first. Mm-hmm. And by the time it got to me, I knew I was in safe, in a safe mm. place. Okay. Because they were, they told the truth. Mm-hmm. Um, and you, if, if you are wanting to start a band, you have to be willing to tell the truth. Um, that this, uh, what we hope with the book, um, so the, the way the book came about, at least, is uh, Kevin had written this class meeting book uh, and the publisher, you know, wanted to do something with band meetings. Kevin said he didn't have time to write the whole thing. And he's basically, through talking to me, said, you want to write it together? Because Kevin and I were in a band together Oh, okay. uh, when he was a student at Wesley. At Wesley, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that also tells you something uh, about how risky that can be, right? Uh, I was in a band with students I had in class. Students I had in class knew my sins hmm. and, uh, and vice versa. Um, but that's why, that's how we knew about it. Uh, and I, uh, when I moved to Ohio, I uh, had to start up a band, a new one, because obviously the when I was in in DC, um, I couldn't, I wasn't in anymore. And um, anyway, so we 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 the the point of the book is is to is to try and uh, first of all give people some of the theology of redemption that this fits into within Methodism. Talk mm-hmm. a little bit about how it functioned in Methodism. Um, both in terms of, you know, the Methodist understanding of salvation, as well as, you know, shaping um, a, a particular Methodist character of how you live in the world. Mm-hmm. 
And then we talk a lot about practical stuff. Like some of the questions you asked me about, what if somebody needs a little more help than this band? We talk about that. Yeah. What if someone reveals something that shocks you? We talk about that. Uh, how do you form one? What are you looking for in a group of folks that you want to do this? So what we hope in the book is that, that it would be a means by which people who know they need this, and nobody does this because they think it's fun, because it's not. <laughs> um, you do this because, uh, because you realize that, that you actually need deeper healing. Mm-hmm. And um, we're hoping that this book is a kind of easy way for me to say, hey, I got this book. It's on a, a kind of small group. And, and look for people who you think might have the spiritual maturity. Would you, you want to read this book with me? Or let me introduce you to this thing called a band meeting. Let's go through this book, just talk about it. And then once the book's over, maybe we want to dive in mm-hmm. and do this thing for real mm-hmm. and take the risk. So that's, well, that's basically what the book is intended to do and why we wrote it, mm-hmm. uh, is to introduce band meetings back <laughs> to Methodists, to introduce them to their own tradition. Yeah. yeah. And... Uh, and provide a relatively risk, low risk way of leading people into making the leap to saying, all right, I'm willing to practice this discipline mm-hmm. because I believe God will do something with it mm-hmm. in my life. So that's why we did. So you've got me thinking that, and we need to wrap up here. Um, your comment that you can't it's got to be a voluntary there's no coercion in love there's no coercion in love (laughs) if you're an Arminian there isn't if you're you're an Arminian um, so and really the, the class meeting and the band meeting don't really fit in congregations well, the class meeting does, in a sense. I mean, the class meeting, um, you know, you have lots of churches that organize themselves, you know, as small, you know, cell church, church cell yeah, churches, yeah. Or, where the membership is actually to the small group. I've been a part of churches. Well, yeah, you that, can do that. that but, and, and, uh, and, yeah. But the band meeting would be more like that say you had a men's group or a women's group and you said, okay, this is the, this is the place where we're going to encourage this kind of, of small group, which is on top of your class meeting. Like right now I'm a leader of two class meetings and I have my band. Wow. In my, in my church. Okay. And you know, people are like, well, I don't think anybody has time for this. You know what? You make time for the things that are important. I got five kids I'm a, a dean, associate dean. I teach full-time. My wife has a full-time job. You know. Right. That's what I tell people, too. Is you know. You make time for what's, what's important. I work out at least three times a week, or I try to, you know. Yeah. Or, you know, you, you find the things that will keep you healthy, uh, and you do that. And you make time for that. Yeah. Yeah. You know. Right. You know, you... you might have to cut off a couple hours of video games a week, but what you know, whatever you know, you exactly. can you can you can do it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. If and I, I encourage people 
to see which will bring them greater health and happiness. <laughs> so, uh, but I mean, you know, and there is, there, there are a number of band meetings that are popping up in different places, which I think is exciting. You know, I know of at least four in Dayton, where I live right now. Okay. And um, I know some, I was uh, at the teaching at the School for Practical Ministry in Iowa last week. And, um, you know, I had uh, close to 20 people, pastors in the Iowa Land Conference who said, I want to I want to be a part of this. Mm -hmm. Because most pastors know that, especially if you're in a place like Iowa where you're rural, you know, if, if you're isolated and you're alone, you're vulnerable. I, you I can could, choose I, your vulnerabilities here. If you think like by not risking and becoming vulnerable in a in a band meeting, you're escaping vulnerability. <laughs> it's just to whom you, are you going to be vulnerable to the Holy Spirit, or are you going to be vulnerable to the one who's wandering around like a, a lion, you know, yeah. waiting to devour? Who and I, can, I could see to? the band meeting being something very helpful for for pastors to be part of. I think it's helpful for everybody. Yeah. What? And I, I, you know, people. Um, always ask, especially pastors, you know, can you do this with lay people? Um, and I, what I think is behind that question, at least sometimes, is we think the lay people will only follow us if they assume we're holier than they are. Yeah. Yeah. So we have to fake being holy so that they will follow us. Which means, of course, all of our church life is a lie. Yeah. It's just one big charade. And I, I tell them, you know, you do have to find mature lay people. But if you put up these five questions, if somebody's willing to do this, they're already pretty mature. Yeah. And and if you're afraid that somebody's going to uh like use this against you, um, you know. If you've never heard of the, the whole idea of uh, honor among thieves, I mean, here's it's like mutually assured destruction in these groups. <laughs> right? yeah, I'm not going to tell your stuff because you know my stuff. Like, as long as you're honest, uh, in fifth, 16 years, never happened. Mm -hmm. And I've been in groups with, I mean, when I was uh, doing it at Wesley, you know, every year there'd be new people because students go in and out. Never had my mess brought out by anyone but me. Mm -hmm. So um, I, it is a risk and you need to count that cost. And again, that's love. That's right. If you, if you want to truly love, you need to risk. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and I want to minimize the risk because it's there. Yeah. But I tell you what, if you've had a group of late, a, a, a group in your church of people who genuinely know you as a pastor, as they're mm -hmm. both as their pastor, but also as a human being, and genuinely love you, and the reverse is also, you know, mm -hmm. you will transform the culture of that community. Yeah. Mm -hmm. From just playing nice church. Yeah. To some to a group of people who are who are doing real work you know yeah. and they're not just good people who do good things in the community 
they're actually people being transformed yeah. in their character. Yeah, so once again, I was r- really ready to sign up for the nearest band meeting once once I listened to this. It was just, uh, you know, one of the things, one of the quotes that, that Scott said was that shame holds us in bondage from lin- living radically. Mm-hmm. And I thought that really nailed it on the head. I mean, and, you know, going back to the verse you read earlier from Hebrews and the one you did before from James, you know, if we're really going to be uh, the the loving people God has called us to, that we it's the shame that keeps us from doing so. Yeah. And so walking in freedom is um, what's needed. Yeah, that's what confession sets us free. Yeah. Um, and he went on to to say, and I, I think I got this right. He said, "You, who are you being vulnerable to, God or the devil?" I mean, I, I think I'm paraphrasing there a little bit, yeah. but I. I you know, I don't think we often think of it in those terms. And I know, uh, at least my understanding of Wesley, Wesley did, right? Either you're growing in grace or, or you're declining in grace. There's no sort of even place. You're not just right. f- fine, <laughs> and, <laughs> right? You're either growing or you're not. Right. And, and, and I think that's why um, this model is so needed is to, to find those places where we can be vulnerable, um, to risk um, vulnerability and to find healing. And he, Scott also, you know, this he reminds me of Wesley's understanding of uh, and de- definition of repentance. Because mm. I think confession and repentance go together. Yep. And Wesley defined repentance as knowing yourself. Mm. In order to be set free, and what God does, what Christ does for us by grace is to help us fully know ourselves because as we are fully known, mm. I think I've read that in scripture too. Yep. Um, so repentance and confession helps us to fully know ourselves as we are fully known and sets us free to be fully the persons God created us to be, to fully and completely love and to be channels of God's love for the world. And so what and I'm going to quote David Lowe's Watson here, Okay, is what this process of the band meeting does is it helps to remove the blockage, blockages to grace, which oh, is yeah. sin. Right. So it removes that sin and, and allows grace mm-hmm. rather than to, to be held up, but rather to flow through us. It removes that blockage so that grace can move more freely through us to root out the remnants of sin and the damage, you know, it, you know, I remember that it, an image is that it, it, what sin does is it, it causes severe damage, it shatters the image of God. It's like mm-hmm. a shattered mirror, Yeah. right? And what grace does, what Christ wants to do in the ho- through the power of the Holy Spirit through this process of compentance, of confession and repentance and removing that blockage blockages that we put in, in in grace in the way of grace is to repair that image mm. and to restore that shattered mirror to wholeness yeah so that good. the image of god is restored to wholeness in us Hmm. Does that make sense, Scott? Yeah, I mean, I think the image that comes to my mind is like a garden that's overrun with weeds. Yeah, that's another way to... Right, and then this, and it requires total uprooting of those weeds right? in order for, for the garden to get back to, to fullness. And, you know, Jesus talks about 
the the important that we need to be pruned. We need to be pruned. Yeah. Um, well, the the last quote that I'll give is where he said, "The people who matter to me already know." Yeah. And, I mean, and again, that notion of freedom, right? I mean, if if the people who really mattered knew this is who I am, warts and all, and I know in spite of that I'm loved by them and by God, mm-hmm. I, I am. I have the power to live more freely, to love more freely. Yeah. And I, I thought that was a perfect way to sum up what this book is getting at. Yeah. Yeah. Any, any other thoughts you want to give there? I mean, I, I, th- I thought this was really powerful stuff and hope people will check out the book and, and take the risk of being vulnerable. It is powerful and it is risky, which is why it's powerful. And why it's not tried. And, and why it's not tried. I mean, <laughs> let's just be honest. I mean, that, that, that's, a, that's a scary thing. That's why the Methodists ran away from it in the, yeah, a long time ago. And we're trying, it's, it's so old that it's new now. It's cutting edge. <laughs> it's cutting edge. That's right. Yes, I love it. Um, well, again, we, th- we thank you for your feedback, for the iTunes reviews. Please keep, keep doing that. Um, let us know what you'd like us to, to comment on or to your questions about small groups. We want to be as interactive as possible. Um, you can connect with us through email. You can find those on our, face- on our website, umcdiscipleship.org. You can connect to us on Facebook and on Twitter. I'm on Twitter at Rev Scott's Tweets and also at UMC Adult Form for Adult Formation. I'm on Twitter at at S Manskar. That's S M A N S K A R. And my email, since I'm no longer at oh, yeah, UMCDiscipleship.org, if you want to connect with me by email, it's simple. It's Stephen with a V dot Manskar, M A N S K A R, at gmail.com. Yeah. All right. Very good. And so some credits. We want to we want to thank Matt Carlisle, our web producer, Steve Horswell Johnson, our executive producer, and Blake, who by the time this comes out should be a married man, I believe. Woohoo! Congratulations, Blake. Well, until next time, peace. Small Groups in the Wesleyan Way podcast has been a production of Discipleship Ministries, an agency of the United Methodist Church. Visit all our podcasts at podcasts.umcdiscipleship.org.